This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Jose Avila. He is a 17-year-old that doesn't want to go to college and he wants to start his own business. For your chance to win 100 bucks, just like Jose, every Monday morning, simply subscribe to this podcast on iTunes right now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Top Tribe, you know I don't have a lot of time to waste. That's why I use FreshBooks to send out invoices and make sure I'm collecting my money. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Nathan Latke here. This is episode 608. And coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from 43-year-old CEO Craig Fitzpatrick of PageCloud, which has raised $8.5 million, helping over 8,500 small businesses drag and drop websites together. So how has he gotten over thousands of small businesses to stick on his platform? His low churn will shock you. Good morning, everybody. Nathan Latke here. Our guest today is Mats Horn. He's the CEO and founder of the Swedish tech company, TinyTel. Together with a team of Scandinavian industrial designers, telecom experts, and engineers, he's developed one of the first wearable devices with cellular connectivity for voice and data. TinyTel wrist phone is an ingeniously simple wearable phone for kids with calling and smart location features, as well as intuitive one button and voice guidance interactions. Matt, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure thing, Nathan. Thanks for having me on your show. Yep. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. So tell us quickly, what does TinyTel do and uh, and what's your business model? How do you make money? Sure. So TinyTel is um, a simple mobile phone that kids wear. It's like a watch, but it has all the mobile phone technology. Um, it's um, it's a smart locator for parents, so parents can see where their kids are, thanks to TinyTel's GPS technology. And phone, uh, the phone and, and the kids who wear it um, is able to make phone calls. So kids can receive and make phone calls to basically anybody. You install the telephone numbers, the contact numbers um, into TeenyTel from the smartphone app. And, um, and anybody can, fall, uh, can call TeenyTel. Do they have to have their cell phone on them while using the watch or are, the, are they mutually exclusive? Uh, tells a phone, so it's completely independent of its smartphone administrator. Uh, you just Because, uh, yeah, I should have said this, it, it's like a really robust and simple product. So there's no screen. It's just a, basically a button and a speaker. Uh, and, uh, and that's why you need the smartphone, um, the smartphone app to, to add the contacts and, and see where it is and, and do some other admin stuff. So just but, the uh, setup beyond, needs the phone. Yeah, but beyond that, yeah, exactly. And, and beyond that, you can go anywhere and, and make phone calls from anywhere in the world with Tinitel. Got it. And what, what does it require to work? I mean, is it just like your like Verizon connection or a Wi-Fi connection or what, what powers the connection? Great question. Yeah, it, because it's a mobile phone, you need to have a SIM card. And we provide the SIM card in the package when we, when we sell it to you in the States. So, um, so yeah, so that's basically you, we're, we're partnered with, um, a telco that's called Ting and Ting is using T-Mobile's 2G network. Got it. So that's how it works. 
That's how it works. Okay, good. And I mean, is the coverage for that particular provider pretty worldwide or would we have issues with this in the States or if I'm out hiking or somewhere with low cost coverage? Uh, well, it's w- worldwide in the States. Uh, and uh, it, it does have, uh, you know, some... I'm not an expert at how good or how bad T-Mobile's 2G coverage is or, or T-Mobile's coverage, period. But I think, uh, uh, you know, our listeners out there know... Uh, and have an understanding of whether T-Mobile is uh, satisfactory for them. Um, you know, I, I know that T-Mobile doesn't cover every square inch of the country, but usually our customers are, are familiar with uh, whether T-Mobile works in their neighborhood neighborhood or not. Great. Well, let's get some, uh, let me get some more of the backstory here of the company. Uh, what year did you launch it in? We launched the product on Kickstarter in 2014. Uh, a year and a half after that, we started shipping our first units and throughout 2016, we've we've shipped and sold um, units the entire year. Okay, so 20, sorry, 2015 and 2016, you were shipping the entire year? No, uh, we launched in the middle of 2014, and basically a year and a half after that, in the beginning of 2016, we started shipping. I see. Okay, and how many units have you shipped to date? Uh, roughly 15,000. Okay, 15,000. So pretty, I mean, pretty healthy amount. How much of those were directly from the Kickstarter versus just buys on your website? Uh, well, it was, um, from the website and it was from Kickstarter and some B2B channels on Kickstarter. We sold 1,102 units. I think it was something like that. Okay. Got it. And what was the total amount raised on Kickstarter? $140,000. Great. And you're not like these other companies that like never deliver the product. You've already shipped those units. We've shipped them all. Yeah. It took longer than we had expected, but, uh, you know, it's tough making the world's smallest mobile phone. Yeah. What did you, from a funding perspective, I mean, injection molding, supply chain, I mean, all this stuff. Have you put another capital besides what you raised on Kickstarter? Uh, and we've, we put in an additional $4 million. Got it. Yeah. So was that from you personally or did you was this from a VC firm? Well, I invested personally in the company. Uh, the Kickstarter backers helped out a lot to get it all started. And then uh, the, the the most money came from VC companies. Okay. So when you raised, what was that, a seed round? Was it a full $4 million seed round? We've raised money three times. So first time was $2 million, second okay. time was one, okay. third time was one. Okay, got it. And are those, are they all on convertible notes, their debt, or were those equity rounds? Those were equity rounds. Okay, all of them. Yep. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. And walk through, most people are used to hearing a pattern where you raise 2 million, then 5 million, then 9 million, then 20 million to do. Walk us through some of the thinking. Why are you kind of raising in these smaller tranches? Well, okay, great question. So, um, who am I explaining this to? So my so my t- audience are typically, so they're entrepreneurs that are in the physical product space wondering, hey, maybe Matt's onto something with raising smaller rounds. I wonder why he did it. Okay, great. So, uh, well, basically, I'm in Stockholm, Sweden, and it's been easy for me to find um, uh, money from private investors. The moment I start uh, approaching VCs, they're typically uh, a little bit trickier. And I've just, for me, it's just been easier to raise smaller rounds than going for like a big $5 million round. Additional to that is that by uh, by doing smaller rounds, I... um, I, I didn't dilute myself and the rest of the team as much. So for every round we've raised money, um, the company value, uh, pre-money value has increased between 50 and 200%. That's great. So, so even been, if you're raising the same amount from a flat perspective, it's less dilutive because your valuation is increasing. That's right. 
Very cool. All right. Um, and let's, I mean, tell me more about you. What got you into this? Is 20, what were you doing before 2014? I was working as a management consultant and we were doing a turnaround project at a steel door factory in Western Sweden, middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, um, so connect the dots for me. Yeah, there, there really isn't a lot. I mean, I, I, I graduated from Brown. I studied architectural history and uh, wanted to do something with my life. I started at the management consultant then and realized that I wanted to start my own company, develop my own product. I guess my interest for architecture, where uh, engineering and design come together, um, sort of brought me to product design and making uh, mobile phone products. So I, um, I stumbled across the idea. I was at my friend's house. His son wanted to go out and play and wasn't allowed to. Uh, my friend said, why can't you just go to your room and play with an iPad instead? And so I thought, well, that's weird. I mean, when I was growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, I, I was out playing all the time. And I realized that there is no simple communication device, kind of like a walkie-talkie, but on the mobile phone network. And initiated a, uh, a design project with some friends of mine. And then uh, a year later, I thought that, well, why don't I just make this and, and started the company? That's great. And what's your total team size at today? 30 people. And have you, you mentioned you've sold about 15,000 units. Does that match up directly to 15,000 individual customers or have some people ordered more than one? Oh, well, we have some B2B channels. Uh, so some retailers in Europe and um, I guess you could say it's roughly 10,000 um, individuals right now. Okay, we have some it. stock with the retailers and stuff like that. So. so like when you're having these valuation conversations, raising new rounds, like what are the numbers that are critical to your business? Is it reorder rates? Is it gross margin numbers? Is it just pure volume? What is it? The investors believe in me. I think that's at the end of the day, what it comes down to. That Let me I give rephrase a, the question then. What do you care most about? What I can, in relation to what? what in, are we, in terms I, of those numbers, in terms of growing the business, what's the number one oh, indicator you're using to say, hey, this thing's going to be a big, much bigger business tomorrow? Okay, great. Um, well, I, I look at the conversion rate we have on our website. So, I mean, how many people are visiting us and, and, and how many of those are, are becoming customers? Um, I'm looking at the general market activity of what is the conversion market. rate? Uh, that's, that's confidential. Um, so I look also at the, uh, the market. Why, sorry, why do you keep that? Conf I'm curious why you keep that confidential. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a company, uh, metric that helps us perform. So that's information that I, I don't want to share to my competition. I don't oh, want to tell them. I thought you said nothing else like this existed. You have competition. Who else is competing with you? Um, well, we have a product in, in the States. It's called LG Gizmo Pal. Okay. And there's, um, there's a, a lot of different products coming from China and, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not comfortable saying what, what market is the most ideal for this type of solution. Um, so, um, wait, sorry, I'm confused. I don't want to, I don't, I don't care what market either. I don't, that's not what I was interesting to me though. But for someone else listening right now, who's selling a physical product, what should they be aiming for in terms of website view to, to new customer conversion rate? What's good? Well, I think, I think, but I'm not a marketing expert. I think like there's a general e-commerce standard of, I don't know, is it one to 3%, something like that. That's like the if you're between one and 3% conversion on your website, that's healthy. Got it. And what are you, in terms of SKUs, you just have these four colors? That's right. Yeah. Got it. So they can, I imagine, be done on the same kind of equipment, right? And there's just a color variable at the end? Yeah, sure. We have the same tool that makes all the different units and we just change the plastic material. Yep. Yep. 
very cool. And if I go in and look at specifically the the teeny tail kind of aqua, actually, I'm curious, which of these colors sells the best, or is it super even? Um, well, the darker colors are actually selling better than the brighter ones. Really? So, yeah. Interesting. We just, yeah, we weren't expecting that, but that's my apparently. mom would like the coral one for sure. Okay, well, great. I'll give you a discount. There. Oh, nice. Good. Don't say that. Then everyone else is going to want a discount, right? All right. But uh, what is it? So they're all at, they're all priced at 149 bucks um, United States dollars. Does your kind of your 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 gross margin look like most physical products? Like you know, talk between 60 and 80 percent, something like that. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? Your gross. So it, it, you you retail on your website for 150 bucks. What's it cost you? Somewhere around 100 bucks to make it. What's your? I'm basically asking. What's your markup on it from your costs? I'm, I'm sorry. I can't share that information. What's uh, Matt's tell a story. The reason I wanted you on is because you're a successful physical product company. I want folks to learn from you, right? So someone listening right now that's in physical product, what should they be aiming for? Okay. Well, they should, that's the, by the, the way, the, that's the, <laughs> that's the whole point behind these questions, right? Is you have these people that bullshit numbers, they make them up and tell me stuff, but they've never operated it. You're actually operating it. So your information is much more, uh, much more valuable. That. If I and I'll explain why I don't want to share that information. So that becomes clear for the people that want to know and are upset because I'm not sharing. So the reason why is if I say a number that is, you know, how much I pay my supplier for the product, which is, you know, indirectly what you're asking, uh, then uh, then they know how expensive it is to make teeny tell. But why would they need to know that? I mean, I understand that if you want to make a product that you would have to start understanding how much your product costs. But then you should talk to potential suppliers and then you'll learn that way. Now I can say, generally speaking, if you want some educational information, if you're making a product like a mobile phone or a microwave or, or whatever it may be, the more mass market it is, the more you need to find places to make it with cheap labor. The more special the product is, or you know, the lower volume production it is, say higher margin, say you're buying some supersonic radio, radio, radar, whatever, something special and high tech, and you're making it in California, then maybe you, you should make it in California where labor cost is high, but you have some really nice engineers that know exactly how to make that. So, so that, sh that should be steering what suppliers you talk to. It's how mass market you need to go or how, how big volume you need, you need to go from day one. And you chose to go no volume. You did Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. 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 You could say that. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm I'm less interested in industry standards and more interested in what you're doing. I mean, the Kickstarter model is is kind of the future, right? And so, getting sales before you even have talked to any suppliers, right? You just have a ballpark on the back of the napkin is what a lot of people are going through. You're not willing to really help help give those folks direction, is what I'm hearing you say. Uh, no, I, I, I am willing to, to give direction and, and I'm happy to help fellow entrepreneurs in the hardware scene and they're welcome to contact me at mats.teenytel.com. Where did you uh, go? Let me just be specific and not talk about your, your numbers. After you raised the Kickstarter and you said, wow, it's been successful. I need to go find suppliers. W I mean, where did you even start that? You go to a website, you call up friends. How'd you find your suppliers? Well, I was a pure, you know, pure imbecile uh, when I started this day one and, uh, and started on Alibaba. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's the most natural place to go to. If you want to buy something in China, you go to Alibaba.com and you'll find a hundred suppliers of practically anything. Mm, I knew I had to go to China because that's where the mobile phone industry is making phones. Uh, they're not making mobile phones in California or India or Ukraine or wherever it's all happening in China. And are you still so on Alibaba or, or did you learn something there that made you move somewhere else? 
And then I started networking with people and I've, I found uh, a network of suppliers that, um, that are, are really good. And I, I have a network around me. I mean, I, I, I advise anyone who's out there who wants to make us something. You have, you have to go to your supplier and you have to really make your product beautiful and work very well before you start selling it. Why didn't you stay on Alibaba? What made you make the change though? I couldn't find any. I found better suppliers through networking uh, with people. So it wasn't was, price. It was quality. Even if you had to pay more off of Alibaba, you found better quality elsewhere. Uh, well, I found a better price and better quality. Okay, got it. And how did you do that? That was just from you. You did you go through? You asked the Alibaba person for introductions to other people, or how did you how did you expand your network there? I spoke to everybody that I knew in the world, whether it was a college friend, whether it was someone from the industry, everybody. And I said, Hey, I have this problem. I need to make a mobile phone. Where do I go? Who do I talk to? And when you, when you do that, when you talk to everybody about one question, and I have a fair amount of friends, then eventually I found some people that were experts. Okay, Top Tribe, as many of you know, I sold Heyo, and everyone is always asking me what my expenses were when I was building Heyo. Well, a big expense was that I spent over three grand per month on financial services to keep me out of trouble in terms of taxes. You know, my mom would always harbor me, Nathan, you gotta keep all your receipts and put them in a freaking box or something to make sure you don't get an audit or things like this. I'm like, mom, I'm a millennial. You think I'm gonna keep all these receipts? I now use FreshBooks. I use their mobile app to take a picture of receipts and it makes taxes a cinch. Additionally, I don't have to hire a $3,000 per month person to manage all my finances. It's like saving so much money and my mom's happy. Additionally, I don't waste a bunch of time creating invoices. I use their templates and I can avoid using Word templates or Excel files. I just use FreshBooks to quickly send out invoices and it works like a charm. To get your free first month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Great. Let's wrap up here, Matt, with a favorite, a famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Sapiens. All right. Number two, is there a, a, an online CEO or any CEO really that you're following or studying right now? No. Uh, number three, is there a favorite online tool you have? I like Slack. Number four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Yes, I sleep. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? I am engaged. Oh, congrats. Yeah. So no kids yet? No kids yet. All right, good. And how old are you? I'm 29. All right, take us back nine years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, gosh. I had such a good time as a 20-year-old. Nothing. And now, there's other 20-year-olds listening right now. What's something you wish you knew back then that would have helped you? Mm, I guess not to be any rush, but take life, you know, as, as unseriously as possible. Top tribe. There you have it. Take life as unseriously as possible from the founder of Teeny Tell. Again, they raised, uh, well, Matt's raised capital first through Kickstarter, sold about 1,100 units, about 140K in revenue. Then went on Alibaba, looked around, found suppliers, built up, up to date, has sold volume of about 15,000, raised 4 million bucks in, in capital, all while obviously growing valuation at a healthy rate. Uh, founded it back in 2014. Now, 30 people, again, focused on building these uh, four different SKUs of the Teeny Tail brand and expanding. Really, the, the first, I mean, Matt's really, really the first kind of, you know, you know, you know, phone on a wrist and smallest and beautifully designed. So, Matt, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. 
If you enjoyed Matt's today, go back and listen to Peter yesterday. He runs the SaaS Co, which has passed $90,000 a month in recurring revenue, helping 20 companies get leads in qualified meetings. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.